is the Go Blue Crew. Hello and welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. It is finally here, Derek. Michigan versus East Carolina. The season opener, 2023. This is a noon Eastern game. Don't forget, you'll need Peacock to watch this one. Do you have Peacock loaded, ready to go? Just reactivated through uh, Xfinity. So I've got it glued in my Xfinity plan. It's activated, ready to go on the phone, ready to go on the TV. I couldn't be more prepared for Saturday. What's that running you a month? My internet? I'm not sure. Uh, But nothing for the Peacock (laughs) okay that's a good deal there i've seen some people uh floating uh promo codes out there that go i want to say like three months which gets you most of the way through the football season so if you can go find it go get it i activated my account with no such promo code so i'm just all in but that's all right because peacock also has the office on it which i like so it's not just for football, but so I'll actually did you be go there. With? Did you go with like the twelve ninety nine or the five ninety nine? Probably the five ninety nine. Okay, the so one with can, ads. Not not a big baller yet, but kind of a baller. No, no. If it's got an option for ads, I'm taking that one. But it can't Same be more ads than a standard commercial break, right? That'd be my only worry. No. Like, what if? Okay, good. No. So live live sports, like you're you're watching the regular broadcast. The ads come in when you're streaming something and you get you know a few commercial breaks i don't know if you have to deal with that but i yeah i definitely I think my, choose that option i think my plan is just the 599 plan that they throw in so you know whatever 80 dollars well, <laughs> i pay for internet a month it throws in the five uh, the show <laughs> the show uh, to your surprise is not actually just about streaming options we we will talk about michigan east carolina Michigan's a 36-point favorite here. Last time I checked, uh, today's Thursday. Do not forget, along with the Peacock reminder, no Jim Harbaugh for the first three games. And offensive coordinator Sharon Moore uh, also out for this one, just a one-game suspension. So defensive coordinator Jesse Mentor is the acting head coach. He'll also still call the defense. A little bit of shuffling there on the sideline, hopefully... Uh, isn't that big of a deal considering the strength of opponent, uh, not just in the opening week, but through the first three games of the non-conference schedule. Derek, what are you looking forward to this one? Uh, Big picture, kicking off the season, really high expectations for Michigan. What do you got your eye on? I'm looking forward to this 50-50 that Harbaugh's kind of previewed. The 50 run, 50 pass Though he did say, you know, they're going to go with whatever's working best, which essentially means expect an 80% run game uh, yeah. probably early and often. Haven't right? we heard this before? Absolutely. Um, well, I don't know if we've heard 50-50. I think he's always but something said like good mix. Um, yeah. You know, a good balance. You know, 50-50 is, I think, his way of saying, hey, if JJ's got to throw it 50% of the time, we're going to let him sling the rock. But the reality is, especially early this this first game, uh, when you're a heavy favorite, you probably can get it done with the offensive line and, and via the ground game. So I think we'll see some things. Uh, but overall, because it's game one, I'm just excited to see uh, what the offense looks like, what the kind of the new look defense looks like as well. Um, you know, Jesse Minter's acting as head coach, which good for him. Uh, basically, 
you know, a different guy is going to have a head coaching opportunity, get get that first uh, head coaching win on the resume likely. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, but for Jesse Minter, I, one of the comments he made that I liked is he feels even more comfortable with returning with guys. You know, obviously it was his first year last year after Mike McDonald, you know, very similar system, but now he should be even more comfortable than ever before, no matter what kind of starting vacancies there still may be you know, a couple of days before the game. But I think we're going to see a lot of guys, and I think it's early enough in the season that I'm just excited to see Michigan football. I can't can't nail anything down in particular. Offensively, when we talk about balance, I am in the camp of not so much paying attention to the actual play call. Um, if you get to 50-50 in terms of, you know, you, you ran the ball 50% of the time and threw the ball 50% of the time, you can do that and I think still not necessarily be balanced. I think balance has to do with um, more like situational stuff. Are you able to do what you want when you want that kind of thing? So the 50-50, who knows if that's something to be taken literally or more of a, a philosophical thing. I don't know. Defensively, I think like two of the three questions or intrigues I have for the opener are on defense number one is cornerback yeah i want to see what opposite of will johnson looks like it looks like umass transfer josh wallace is getting that spot uh but probably not settled you know somebody has to start um also looks like amarian walker is out for the opener so uh probably won't see him in the secondary, also, Rod Moore and Makari Page are both questionable, so who knows if we'll see one or either of them. So the secondary, um, you know, you hope it doesn't come back to bite you too much against a team that I think is going to really struggle to move the ball through the air, especially. But uh, that that whole secondary I'll be paying attention to, and especially, you know, I just want to see who steps up in that cornerback spot opposite of Will Johnson. You know, Harbaugh has said best-case scenario is you're keeping Mike Sanders still at nickel, which you know, he really excelled at last season. And I, I totally agree. If you're able to keep him there and find somebody to step up on that other corner spot, you know, that's, that is best case scenario for your defense. But, um, you know, in terms of, of, you know, what I'm really like going to hone in on and, and, uh, try to extrapolate some answers to, I think that's gotta be one of them. Who's, who's stepping up at cornerback over there. Also on the defensive line, and Derek, if you have thoughts here, you can jump in because I'm just rattling these off. Defensive line, who's the next great edge rusher? You know, the Michigan just, they they seem to produce them like crazy with a staggering consistency. Um, I mean, Josiah Stewart from Coastal Carolina gets a, a lot of hype, though he maybe is more of like a specialty edge guy that you don't see every down. Uh, Jalen Harrell and Braden McGregor, probably those every down guys, but uh, I'm excited to see who steps up there because at this point, I don't think we have to worry about like, is it there on the roster? Does Michigan have that? I think it's more like they do have it, but when do they find it and hone in on it and make it really good? Cause they keep doing that. It's, so it's what are hard. your thoughts there defensively? I was going to say, it's hard to find hard to think of a time where there wasn't a good D end that was really reliable. Somebody always, steps up you know i think the the freak this year is chris jenkins um you know you had a mozzie smith who's on a freak list and aiden hutchinson who is on a freak list 
Uh, I think that defensive line just has such depth. Uh, you know, a lot of young guys that we didn't even mention too. And so uh, the rotation there is probably going to be uh, often, especially early and throughout the season. You want those guys to stay fresh, but I don't think Michigan will have a ton of trouble getting to the quarterback, you know, busting up the backfield until they run into, you know, some teams down the road with better offensive lines. So really defensively uh, don't, don't have a lot of worries early on. And for the other cornerback position, I mean, you're going to see a lot of rotation early in the season anyway, but the fact that you're only worrying about one side because Will Johnson is on the other side, even only as a sophomore is like, you know, obviously a valid concern. You want that second starter, that second go-to guy. It seems like Michigan has always been deep uh, with their defensive backs as well, especially in years where they've had uh, more than one starting cornerback that you just know is going to be out there as many plays as possible. But the fact that you have Will Johnson, you know, likely uh, just making life so difficult on, on the quarterback, on the, on the team's best receiver. Uh, and you have a Mike Sanderson, you know, back there uh, as well, who probably can play every single position in the secondary. Uh, I'm not too worried about what that rotation looks like. Bummer that Amorian Walker is not able to go. I think that definitely slows down his development. Obviously, any injury would, but especially when you're trying to make the transition. Uh, and so, yeah, I think I think we'll see a lot of Josh Wallace. I think we'll see what he can bring uh, to this next level of, of football. Uh, you know, the Big Ten play uh, is around the corner, but, you know, he's going to be playing some teams early that maybe he's, you know, more used to facing in terms of the caliber of talent at the wideout tight end position. So I think you'll see a lot of him. Uh, and, and I think really you, you could say that about any of the transfers. I think we'll see a lot of those transfers early and often because, you know, there's one thing that Jim Harbaugh's nailed, uh, especially this last offseason, even with the recruiting not being what everybody would hope it would be, is he's really found ways to to fill some some crucial spots with transfers. And I think there's a lot of guys uh, that you can look forward to seeing, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And offensive line will also probably star a lot of transfers. But before we get to that side of the ball, um, since we were talking about Will Johnson, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. But how hyped of a matchup is it going to be when Michigan plays Ohio State and it's Will Johnson versus Marvin Harrison Jr.? You are way ahead of yourself, but it's hard not to be, right? Like I, it's I just so saw, fun to think about. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up on my phone right now. I just got a notification. Can Ohio State beat Michigan in a return to the playoff? Five things to watch this season. So, you know, throw that as the sixth thing to watch. Will Johnson versus Marvin Harrison. I'd say Marvin Harrison. that is not dependent on records right, either. Right, right, I think Marvin Harrison a little bit ahead of where Will Johnson is at. Um, also, has got a year on him, right? But, um, yeah, that's going to be one heck of a matchup. And, and I think Will Johnson really turned it on late uh, in a similar way that J.J. McCarthy had to turn it on late. And I think you've got, you know, you've got your go-to guy on the defensive side, especially in the secondary, uh, surrounded by some good, uh, veteran leadership, you know, the, the defense is also full of guys who have been around for a while, have chose to come back like a Mike Barrett, uh, you know, Chris Jenkins, you know, there's a lot of guys back there, uh, from a leadership standpoint, you know, is Mike Sanders still a, a two year captain? Did he get the captain now last year? I don't remember. I'm 85% sure. Yes. Two year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, talk about your, your leader alone and, and Mikey Sanders still. So, I mean, that, that defense, um, and this is the this is the conversation everywhere, maybe except for special teams. 
just because there's a lot of unknowns, but the, the offensive and defensive depth is just insane. Uh, and, you know, good programs uh, are, are notorious for always having guys to fill the spot the next year. And uh, Michigan, again, has some questions that need to be answered, but I think a lot of them will, will be answered quite early. Uh, and, and sometimes that answer is, hey, you've got two really good guys that can rotate in at multiple positions and, and just keep everybody fresh and hopefully healthier throughout the season. Yeah, Michigan is in a very unique spot where it's a team that did really well in 2022 and is returning you know, a vast amount of production. Usually a team that's doing really well will see a drop off there and you got to replace them. Uh, not the case for Michigan this year. Offensively, even to the transfer portal too, right? Like the guys, you right. lose, like you lose a big 10 starting quarterback, a big 10 championship starting quarterback. You lose a tight end early, like guys that didn't even play last year that made such an impact the year before. I saw a tweet about all the guys like a Rod Moore who made plays in that first win against Ohio state that are now, you know, likely starters, you know, going to get uh, a lot of time. It's just, like I said, those good teams, you, you see that flash of, of talent early from the young guys, and then those guys become your core guys. And so it's it's unique territory where we've heard a lot of these names. You know, Jalen Harrell, for example, I feel like he's been making plays for a few years now, but at the same time, he still seems so young and unknown and almost unproven in a sense because he's always been behind like a star. Uh, and so when you have, you know, this rotation of, you know, who's the next guy, who's Who's the next Aiden Hutchinson? Who's the next Chase Winovich? Uh, that's why guys look at Braden McGregor and like, hey, he's tatted. He's a blonde. Like, that's he's got to be one of those guys, right? And so you're waiting for him to break out. You're waiting for Chris Jenkins to to play as freakish as Mozzie Smith did. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that the rotations early are going to be fun to watch, and I think we'll see a lot of names that we're not used to seeing early, as most of these early games uh, end up, you know, allowing for. And so. Yeah, I think for me, just excited to see how many people like Harbaugh is so proud of how many quarterbacks hit the field, you know, how many wide receivers rotate in, how many guys how many get a touch, how many freshmen. I mean, like those are all the stats on MGO Blue after like, you know, seven hundred people took a took a snap this game. <laughs> like the entire roster, all the walk ons. You know, the entire roster and a couple rotated fans. in and <laughs> 10 of them are fans. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, hopefully, you know, that 36 point spread accurate, you know, Vegas does consider all the things happening around the program. Uh, and they still think Michigan's just, you know, a way better team as, as uh, the odds makers should. So yeah, I think we'll see something pretty close to that spread. The reason I'm so intrigued by the offensive line is, isn't because, you know, there's like, Oh, what's, what's that? offensive line going to be like and they keep it going like it's going to be very good it's just that there are some position battles still going on that are probably going to bleed into the season both tackle spots uh, still seem to be up in the air uh, but it's such an experienced and deep offensive line where you have uh, a few transfers who are going to factor in whether they're starters or not that's you know in, in, in an early game you're bringing in transfers and you know how much communication offensive line play requires, even though neither of us, I, I don't think could actually break it down. I'll just take the coaches and players word for how much communication is, is involved up there. But um, you know, if, if there's one thing where you're, you're, you're thinking, ah, could there be a, an early season hiccup? 
it could be the offensive line just because of how many new faces there are. Are you getting the rotation right? Again, no no worries about, you know, is it going to be good still? That's not a concern. It's just sort of like, how does it all shake out? And we'll finally get our first chance to see that. But offensively, other than that, I mean, I, I can't think of any legitimate questions out there. No, and there, there really aren't any unless, you know, injury right part of the part of the equation the offensive line again you'll see a lot of rotating and you'll probably see you know guys that are unlikely to start maybe even more often than guys that are especially as games go on and can get out of control but i think the key is can you get that group solidified by conference play because you know you can say this about really any unit on the field but more specifically an offensive line who's been the top offensive line in the country two years in a row like they have just found a way to play in such great unison. And so you might see some holes early. You might see some guys, uh, let's let some guys break through, you know, I mean, you got a JJ back there. So if it is a passing situation, he's likely to be able to dance himself out of trouble. Uh, you know, uh, Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum shifty enough to, to make those guys that break through the line miss. But as much as we'll see rotation, as much as that might be the only question mark I've even with Stromore out the first week, uh, you got to almost have as much confidence in that crew moving forward as any. Uh, And because they've done it with different guys two years in a row. Now, obviously there's been some staples uh, like a Trevor Keegan comes to mind. You know, obviously he has been uh, a top notch player really since he started. He was, he was back there. uh, Didn't Rich Rodriguez recruit him? Is that how far back we got to go? It seems like (laughs) some of these guys, you know, it seems like they they, was he in Lloyd Carr's last class. Honestly, that Lloyd Carr makes me think of when people were trying to call out Mel Tucker for being in the middle of the team photo, and people were like, "Well, how do you explain Lloyd Carr in the middle of the team photo?" (laughs) Just the the stupid banter that you see. I missed that one. Excited for Michigan to play Michigan State. Hopefully, whoop them, and and then we can just you know, your state fans be quiet for a little (laughs) while. But again, I live in the state. You don't, so you don't deal with it. Right. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of guys that are, you know, senior leadership, veteran presence, got a lot of snaps. And so you bring in some new transfers, you're excited about some young guys. Uh, you know, they're going to find the right pieces. And, and I think uh, moving forward, you're as confident as that group as any. Uh, for me, I guess it's got to be the the wideouts. You know, there's some um, potential inter- injuries. Uh you know, Peyton O'Leary, I think, comes to mind. Uh, Tyler Morris might be banged up. I could be wrong on that one. There's someone else who's No, younger. I think you're right. Um, obviously, you have Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, uh, Colston Loveland at the tight end spot. Um, A.J. Barner, I think. I think the tight end group, solid. Uh, but that, that wide out, you know, group, there's a lot of young guys. There's a lot of guys who are proven. But no one who's ever really stood out for an entire season. I mean, Cornelius Johnson played really good late. Roman Wilson had one of the most electrifying early uh, seasons, as you'll see from a wideout position, just being completely wide open or running past everybody on an end around. But for me, I think that might be the biggest question, not a matter of do they have enough pieces to to be a championship contender, but what what is that rotation going to look like? Uh, you know, who's a guy who can replace something like a Ronnie Bell brought to the team? I was just going to ask that, yeah. Um, because that that is a presence where J.J. and Ronnie Bell had a thing going, and if there was anyone who was consistent, uh, it was Ronnie Bell. Um, you know, he maybe didn't always have the biggest games or the biggest catches, but he was kind of that safety valve 
um, for for JJ McCarthy in terms of the wideout spot. And so you need a Roman Wilson uh, or somebody, a Tyler Morris, who a lot of guys are high on, uh, to 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 be that Ronnie Bell. Uh, and then you know the other thing is is leadership. You got Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson. Uh, you know someone's got to be a leader in that wideout room. I think both of them obviously capable of doing it. Cornelius Johnson decided to come back to continue to compete. Uh, so, yeah, you're always better when you have a go-to star receiver. Uh, but if you have a good collective group effort throughout the year, you'll be just fine too. So, Derek, how much uh, East Carolina research have you done? No, I actually was scrolling through their uh, their two four seven um, page and, and and kind of their uh, you know their X account, as I'll say now. Uh, no, haven't done a haven't done a lot of research. You know, I know they're coming off what like eight and five season or something. Yeah, uh, I know the coach has said, "Hey, like, I wish some of the players were out and said Jim Harbaugh being out because they're loaded." Um, but you know, the extent of my research, you know, you know me, I'm kind of a you know hop on wing type of <laughs> That's guy. That's why I asked. So <laughs> I know. you know, I've done I've done enough research to to know that you know they've been a giant killer, uh, and and I've seen them play enough. I guess it's like always that team where you tune in and you're like, "Wow, East Carolina's really handing it to you know you so and so." wow, they could pull this off. And so, yeah, I mean, it's possible um, that they could bring something into Ann Arbor for the first time in, in this first matchup ever uh, and make things uncomfortable. But, yeah, I mean, I could do two more hours of research, and I think my opinion it would be the same. It, I think it's going to be close to the spread at the end of the day. So East Carolina, you're right, coming off eight and five. Two big storylines here, one on each side. Um, offensively, I mean, this is a good offense. It was last year, uh, 23rd in yards per game, 36th in points, 16th in passing yards. The problem is they're trying to replace starting quarterback, running back, top three receivers, and four offensive linemen. So there's a a lot of question marks over there. And Michigan's defense, um, you know, we talked about that cornerback spot, maybe banged up in the secondary. It would take something fluky for East Carolina to come out and I think play at the level they've been playing at. And, you know, even then who's to say if that's good enough to, to get through a a good defense like Michigan's, but um, I'm, I'm sure the East Carolina faithful are a little nervous about the state of the offense with how much they have to replace on the other side of the ball. Defense has just always been a struggle for East Carolina. Um, 88th in yards allowed last year, 73rd in points. There's a big caveat here, though, which is relevant to Michigan because last season, 19th in rush yards allowed. Okay, so, you know, you're doing some math. You actually don't even have to do math, just a little bit of logic. If you're going to give up a whole bunch of yards and and still be pretty stout on on the ground, probably means you gave up a lot of passing yards. Is this a game where, you know, going back to the 50-50 conversation, uh, J.J. McCarthy is uh, – the, the, the offense is depending on him a little more, especially early. It's just a possibility. You look at the numbers, maybe it suggests that. Um, but those are the two things that stick out, replacing a lot on offense, a good offense, but you're replacing so much. Defensively, are they going to be able to stop Michigan? So there's a reason the spread is you know 36 points, but uh, there's your quick – 90 second scouting report on ECU.
Hey, that's good research right there. You know, Kurt Campbell is is the offense coordinator. He'll be calling the plays. Um, again with Sean Moore. Why didn't and, we get him on the show? Yeah, you know we should have. Probably probably easier to go after him than Harbaugh. I'd at least imagine. But one of the things that you read about Kurt Campbell is, I mean, this guy is going to want to sling the rock all around. Uh, again, you know, fifty fifty. Just don't buy it. You know, I, I think there's games like a TCU. Uh, you know, I think, you know, you had to be pass heavy, especially in that first half against Ohio state to stay in the thing. Uh, but when you have a run game as good as Michigan's going to have again, uh, you know, even if this is a guy who would love to, you know, call more pass plays than anyone will call the rest of the season. Uh, just don't see it, you know, like the, the offense really opening up that much. And again, it feels like Harbaugh, more than anything, is just so reserved when it comes to play calling in general. That's the other reason I don't believe the 50-50. You almost don't want people to see how much better J.J. McCarthy could be because any of them, you know, you can more easily prepare for him. But I think either way, you know, pass, run, um, it's a new team. It's, you know, you got you got uh, some new guys in and out uh, on both sides. Um, but, you know, I, like you said, Michigan returns so much, which is just not – usual uh, for a team who, who's coming off of two uh, back-to-back playoff appearances and I just don't I just don't know that uh, in East Carolina or, or you know anyone the two games after are going to be able to find an answer to stop a Michigan consistently so you'll get their stops I think Michigan you know could make their mistakes uh, but not to the point where I, I see this one you know uh, being a game you know into the fourth quarter and, and especially not late uh, and if it is, you know, we might have some problems and it's going to be, is it the players or is it because a couple of key coaches were out? But again, spreads there for a reason. And uh, though I might go, might not go 36 plus, uh, I think my prediction will be pretty close. Before we get to that prediction, we said we were going to wrap this up before the Thursday games kick off at seven. I'm going through and you know how much we love to talk about ticket prices. You could get into Southern Utah at Arizona State tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern for as low as $4. Let's go. That's like November basketball ticket prices, you know? Like, it, that's it who is. the heck is that team? Um, what about the there was Florida one game? in here for six bucks. Um, Florida, Utah, you'd have to fork out $139. Okay. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Not saying there's nothing to do in Utah. Beautiful, beautiful country. Um, like country, yeah, obviously, I don't want the listeners to think I think Utah's its own country. But you know what I mean. Like is it not countryside? Oh, beautiful. you know, I know what you mean. Okay, um, I got you. But yeah, that, that game can't be cheap, right? A ranked Utah no. coming off of uh, some some big wins against USC and, and a Florida who always feels like they're a, you know a player play call away from being a national contender like Ur- the Urban Meyer days. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Florida's got Graham Mertz, right? The Graham Mertz was supposed to be Wisconsin's savior at quarterback, uh, and just never really worked out there. So, also in the Big Ten, Nebraska at Minnesota eight. Probably so. the game I tune into. Uh, you know, you got to see those Cornhuskers. I would, I would be curious. It's obviously at Minnesota, but do, does Minnesota at Nebraska the night after Nebraska? Nebraska women's volleyball broke the women's. I was just thinking about like, that. Can you top that 92 
thousand four hundred by by uh, Nebraska uh, Minnesota. People Thursday are going to show up game. for Matt Rule. People are going to show up for Matt Rule. You know they want to see what this is all about. I'll be paying attention. So I don't know. The last thing I that's, have that's before, a good question before predictions was was this two fifty? Oh, this was two fifty. Good call. I totally forgot. Um. Hey, you know, on the it spot, just, we'll just we'll save a big celebration for for three hundred. I guess for three hundred. Okay. We'll just we'll just overdo. Totally we'll forgot. do we'll do a lot of like double shows and stuff this year. Maybe we'll get back into the fifteen minute recap, the fifteen minute preview, break them up, mm. chop them up, and we'll get to three hundred in a hurry. Shoot. Okay. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm good with that. I. I totally forgot about two fifty. Happy two fifty to you as well, man. I'm. I'm happy we we made it this far, and I. I uh, I feel very political in saying I can't wait for the next 250, you know, <laughs> at least so, 250 <laughs> more, right? Maybe, maybe exactly yeah. 250 more, but at least, at least. Okay. Prediction time here. I'll go first. I've got Michigan 43, 13, which does not cover, but it feels right. I can't explain it beyond that, but it feels right. Maybe I, I can't see East Carolina, you know, getting past 20. Um, Michigan, you know, the thing that makes these games so hard to predict is there could be 43 points a few minutes into the third quarter but because of the way you're rotating guys in and out. And now you're on like the eighth string offensive tackles. Like how, how are you scoring points after that? So it could absolutely get carried away. I just, it's so hard to predict things into the, you know, the fifties. Cause these games get there too fast. It doesn't happen. They're too hard to predict. And we, we did this last year. I'd love to, you know, go back. I think we always predicted something where, you know, he might, they might get a touchdown, a couple of field goals. You know, Michigan's probably going to score thirties, forties. I know that I'm a, you know, do this a lot, but it's so hard to be like, yeah, if you know, Michigan's going to hang 65, Right, you know, even fifty-two, and I might do that, you know, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, but it's it's week one. Uh, you want to see what the team has. You want to see what the opposing team brings, and and you're down, you know, two key coaches, and uh, you know, possibly some key players. Uh, and even if you know you're not down to, uh, you know, all the second stringers early uh, because of injuries, you know, they're they're probably going to be in there often. Uh, and I think the starters get pulled, you know, uh, as soon as, as soon as possible, to be honest for me, uh, 13, the same for East Carolina, I got 48. Um, so I'm really close to that 50. I feel like they can hit that 50, but like you, I, I don't know what that second half looks like because if you're, you're looking at a, you know, a forties to low teens or under game, there's really no need to, to keep your foot in the pedal. So unless that third string offensive line can block as well as the first string, and uh, you know uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the what's the uh, freshman's name? Bryce. Uh, can't think of his name, but the, the little mini Mike Hart looking dude. Uh, <laughs> okay. If, if he can, if he can get in there, you know C.J. Stokes now apparently not even a top three running back, and he's some guy who's seen time. Uh, you know, you've seen him bust for a run in some of these games, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, they could run up the score for sure, but you don't really need to. So I think close to that 50, I think close to that spread, but, but just like you under, under the spread by maybe a point. 
I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Point. So yeah, 48, 13 and uh full first half of JJ McCarthy. Okay. I like that prediction. Um, I swear if we come back next week and we're even talking about, well, gosh, thankfully Michigan was able to pull something out there late. I'll be very upset um, because we spent a lot of time basically dismissing East Carolina today. As we always say, no disrespect to the ECU uh, faithful to that team, whatever. It's obviously a, a lopsided matchup. So we treat it as such and everything goes according to plan. That's how it should look. As you said, things happen. Um, I almost said something other than things happen. There's a popular saying that I won't repeat on the show, so we don't have to mark it as explicit, but uh, yeah, if we, if we come back next week and we're talking about something close, I'm going to be upset and we will come back either way though. And I just hope we're talking about Michigan winning by, ah, uh, shoot. What do you say? 36 cover that uh, maybe peak 50 there on, on the scoreboard. That'd be really nice, but we'll get back uh, and then we'll, Keep chugging along through the non-conference season. But until then, take care out there. Go Blue. Go Blue.